and welcome to episode 842 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, August 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? You know, just uh, trying to like shed these unwritten rules of baseball. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. More of baseball looking completely out of touch. And embarrassing itself on the national landscape. Mm-hmm. Yay! So fun. Yeah, that that and, apology that Fernando Tatis gave is like a hostage video. Yeah, I know, I know. And you know, I will say somebody made a good point about that apology and what Jace Tingor said, maybe being a way to protect their hitters the rest of the series, because you know, little baby bitch boys going to start throwing some baseballs at somebody um you got to be careful you got to be careful with that so i can understand it from that angle it's upsetting though because i feel like you know if if he did miss a sign and that is something that you want to talk with him about i wish that was done in private because i just this idea that you have to take your foot off the gas as some sort of level of sportsmanship when it's seven runs dude what like that's that's not a lot, you know. Um, I think we see this in football sometimes, too, when someone scores when they're up 21. How many times do we have to see these insane comebacks before we realize that 21's not that big of a lead? No, the Giants it, it, had nine runs scored on them in an inning the other day. It, it was yeah, really Tre- fun to watch. Trevor, Trevor God's ERA went from <laughs> 150 to 7,000 mm-hmm. um, in three outings. I mean, he, he alone... He alone, with his last three outings, showed just how how safe or how uh, unsafe a lead can be. But like, and and I that's mean, in the industry we call a teaser. Exactly. It's just I just I hate that stuff. I really do. Um, it's so tired, and I think it's such a bad look for Chris Woodward. Such a lame look. And then somebody retweeted um, something from him, just like a while ago talking about how they never quit. They never stopped in in a game where they almost came back from nine. Mm -hmm. Um, I I forget who retweeted it, but I I also retweeted that again. It was just talking about how, you know, we never, we never stopped quitting. Uh, We came back and we, you know, we almost got there Uh, here. Here it is from Jeremy Frank. We don't quit. We fight. We have quality at bats late. We were one hit away from tying the game or winning the game. Can't say enough about that. Chris Woodward in 2019 after his Rangers came within a hit of tying the Orioles after being down seven in the ninth inning. So, like, come on, dude. It's such loser stuff to be like, oh, he swung Fuyo and it hooded off Fio Fios because we woozed. I, I, I just have no use for that stuff. And, you know, there were some players getting in into the chatter, um, Phil Hughes and, and, and Trevor May and, you know, uh, Trevor May was like, listen, this is a weak take. There are some unwritten rules out there that that do improve the overall uh, um, experience for ball players. And I was like, hey, I will defer to you on that. You go between the lines, man. I do not. But I was happy that he at least acknowledged that what Woodward was saying here was total loser stuff. I mean, he didn't go that far to say because, again, he's in the game. He has to uh, choose his words carefully. But 
there's just no use for doing that and vilifying a young player like that. It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. No, so, somebody tweeted out, like, we were so close to not having baseball and people are now pissed at Tatis for hitting a grand slam. Like, that, that's ridiculous. I know, because he swung 3-0 mm-hmm. with a seven-run lead. Oh, God, I guess seven-run leads are insurmountable. Anyway, we could probably do a whole hour on that, but let's not. Let's, let's do, talk some oh. baseball. Now we got plenty to talk about, some positive, some negative. Let's start on the positive end, super positive. If you're a Tigers fan, as I am, we're calling up the babies. We got Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, and Isaac Paredes coming up. Paredes is already up. Mize and Skubal will be pitching this week. And boy, am I excited about this. This is going to be fun. And, uh, you know, I have no issues with it, particularly with pitchers. You call them up when they seem ready. You use those bullets, especially this year. I mean, what are you going to waste the bullets against on on uh, on you know uh, alternate site games against your own team? So Scooble's going to start today, Tuesday, the uh, the eighteenth, and then Mize tomorrow, the nineteenth, both going against the White Sox. It'll end up being a two start week for Scooble, and uh, and Mize will get just the one start, but then he'll uh, he'll get a two start next week. So let's talk about Scooble and Mize first off. Let's just start with who do you find to be most fantasy relevant for the rest of this year? I'm going to go with Scooble. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people are. Go, yeah. go ahead and ex- explain explain where you're at on that. It's the strikeouts. I mean, <laughs> like he just he strikes everybody out. Uh, and I think that those are going to translate fairly well to the major leagues. And, I mean, with a rookie pitcher, you just never know what, exactly what you're going to get, how they're going to adjust. Uh, to major league hitting, and, and both these guys have not, you know, made it all the way through the minors. So, you know, they're probably going to be a bit raw. So give me the guy who's got the strikeout upside. Hope that he uh, does a good job keeping men off the uh, men off the base paths. Uh, I just want that upside. I, I like Mize a lot. I think he's obviously a more, like, polished uh, product. So, like, I definitely am going to take some shots on him in uh, some leagues as well. But... I just think from a fantasy perspective, Scooble just has a little bit more upside, especially for year one. Yeah, Scooble uh, struck out 48% at double A last year that in a 42 inning sample. Yeah, it's pretty darn good. He had 30% in high A in 80 innings before that. So, you know, an overall pretty great season uh, with the strikeouts there. His walk rate near, nearly doubled from high A to double A, uh, from 6% to 11%. But he he was very difficult to hit going from uh, actually dropping the hit rate from 7.0 to 5.3. So he balanced that out, and the whip ended up being virtually the same, 101 to 102. The ERAs were great, 258, 213. Again, that's high A to double A. So all in all, it was an excellent season for Scooble. He's kind of a pop-up prospect where he wasn't really on the radar, uh, having pitched only uh, let's see, that would be 22 innings in 2018. You know, he's he, he's a ninth ninth round pick in 2018, not getting a lot of buzz, and then all of a sudden last year, big time development, and really pushed forward into the Tigers uh, into the Tigers prospect list as a left hander. Mize, meanwhile, of course, is is the heralded one. He's the number one overall pick in 2018, and uh, you know he hasn't blown the doors off the minor leagues except for his high A stop last year where he had 30 and two-thirds of a .88 ERA with a very capable 28% strikeout rate, by the way. And it walks have been uh, excellent for him, 4%, 5%, 6% coming up. He had a two-inning sample at rookie ball that I don't even want to 
pretend was a thing, but I guess he had a fourteen percent walk rate there. If you oh no! That. Yeah. Oh my god! It, and look at that Babip. He's just so you know, and his strand rate is you know unsustainable. Oh uh, yeah, one hundred percent strand rate. That's not going to happen. But uh, yes, yeah, so that two an example. But then uh, started to work his way up the minors at high A, double A. There was some surprise that maybe he didn't get that neither of them got the triple A last year. But a lot of folks understand that double A is where you're going to find the most competition anyway. So it's not necessarily a problem that neither of them hit triple A. They're 22 years old, or, or they were last year, so they're 23 year olds. I think that the transition is not going to be uh, overwhelmingly difficult. Versus if they had had AAA. That doesn't mean that they're instantly going to succeed. I just don't think that they're necessarily behind the eight ball by not having had any AAA experience. So I'm excited to see both. I think I have to come out with everybody else uh, with regards to Scooble just having the, the bit higher upside because of the strikeout prowess that he's shown. It's not that Mize can't get strikeouts. You know, he's had a 14% swinging strike rate last year at high A and AA, yielding about a 26% strikeout rate between the two. But, um, you know, when you're talking, what was it, 30% and 48% between the two levels for Scooble, that's why we see him with the, with the strikeout upside. Now, this is going to be interesting for NFBC because Scooble's going to get the two starts. Mize is going to get one. So they're going to have something on the ledger before we bid. And obviously, if they come out firing, those bids are going to be through the roof. So let's kind of talk through that. Let's say Scooble has uh, one great start. You know, one of them, he goes six innings, strikes out seven, allows two. And then the other, five innings, three runs, four walks, five strikeouts. Let's just say, he, you know, a little bit, little bit bumpier, but certainly not awful. Where are you coming out on Scooble? What kind of budget, uh, what kind of percentage of your budget are you putting on Scooble after you see two starts like that? One really good and one, you know, okay. I mean, see, this is hard because every week I go, well, this is the last guy that's going to make a big impact. And then someone yep. else comes up. And someone else gets hurt uh, and opens the door for somebody else to come up. I'm probably not going to go insane on either guy. You know, I actually hope that maybe Mize has like a shaky first start. Uh, and keep then. The price at bay. Yeah. yeah, keep the price at bay. And Scooble like goes insane and everybody drops all the fab on him and you get Mize for like. 35 bucks or something like that i nah he, he'll go triple digits unless he gets rocked he's I, going triple digits for sure you know what i don't know i mean i got you know uh, luis garcia for like 37 dollars, and it was an uncontested bid in the main in the main that's interesting yeah i will say though pitching versus hitting quite a bit different yeah that's true uh, a 21 year old Coming up, Luis Garcia, you know, we're going to get in, into him a bit more when we're talking about how to replace uh, Bo Bichette, who unfortunately went down. Huge bummer there. So I, I hear you on that. That That is a big prospect. He's 20, actually. Um, that, that's that's a nice pickup, by the way. I'll, I'll, I'll applaud you on that one. That's a good gamble there. That that can't hurt you, basically. It's already, free... <laughs> it's already paid off a little bit. It is first home run last night. Yeah, it went, went yard. So you, you got a free shot at a, at a premium prospect there. But I, I don't see any way, again, outside of just getting trounced by the White Sox, I don't see any way Mize goes below triple digits. And uh, same with Scooble. I think... Pitching is just such a different thing. And here's, I mean, here's the one thing. Scooble will have a start likely against the Twins next week. Yeah, so, but so will Mize. He'll have the he'll have the Cubs and Twins. Yeah. His two-step will be yeah. difficult. So, I mean, 
considering what we have five you know after this week we'll have five weeks left of the season so one fifth of your starts that that's what you're looking at yeah. I, I might actually just avoid it yeah I mean it's gonna really depend um, obviously I think if I have a moderate to severe pitching need, I'm going to take a shot. You know, again, I want to see how they look. I'm going to be looking at both of them. I think I'll do an article on Thursday, just kind of covering both, uh, both starts from them. Uh, as as a Tigers fan, I'll, I'm eager to break them both down. So maybe I'll do one on Scuba, one on Mize um, each day, or wait to do a joint article. But I'm excited to see how they both look. Again, I think they're both going triple digits. Which here's the thing though, budgets are really starting to mm-hmm. evaporate. Yeah. Leagues have been active across the board. You know, there's probably that one person in every league that's still sitting on some money. But by and large, the vast majority of those in contention um, are probably sitting on closer to 500 or fewer dollars. So then you're talking triple digits is is a pretty big outlay for them. And you make a good point about how both get Minnesota next week, throw in a Cubs uh, outing for Mize as well. That's a pretty devastating two-step. But these are two of the bigger pitching prospects in baseball as well. So I think they'll still be be chased pretty heavily. I'm really eager to see how they pitch. We'll talk more about I'll tell you what. I won't pin you down on a dollar figure until Thursday. Since we'll see well, I've seen both of them, and then we'll kind of see where you're at with regards to bidding on them. Oh, only uh, uh, let's see. I, I have the seventh most amount of money in my main event league, and I have $333. I'm telling you. Yeah, people, people are spending – out in these streets, uh, we we have four twenty nine, and we're fourth most behind a six seventy six, five sixty two, and five twenty in in our league. So um, yeah, I mean it, it, it's drying up again. There's going to be that that random person who's still sitting on a stack. I will say though, for the most part, my guess is anybody that's sitting on a stack hasn't really been putting their best foot forward. I don't know. So I mean, Toby Batfield Crazy, who's been like the top five in the overall most of the season, has 490 in my league. Okay, that's not, I'm, I don't consider that a lot. I'm talking about the, per, the oh, person uh, that has like eight, the person that's sitting on like yeah. 700 okay, plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm because uh, 490, I mean, he's out there. That's, that's, that's only, the second most that, in the league. That's the yeah, that's only 60 bucks more than, than, than what Dusty and I are rocking. So, um, no, I, I'm talking. I'm talking. There's going to be those exceptions out there with 700 plus, and my guess is that either they've been remarkably lucky with injuries and and performances, or they're not exactly going pedal to the metal. The, 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 that's how I that's how I see it at this because I don't know how you couldn't be spending, um, but that, it's just the way the season's been right now, and the number of bids each week has been interesting. In fact. There were a lot of bids this week trying to replace Bo Bichette, who went on the IL on Sunday. And it looks pretty bad, Justin. Uh, the early reports are suggesting something like mid-September, in fact. So he was cut in a bunch of leagues. And I totally get that. Um, you know, it, it, it's not a guarantee there. The, the news has been a little bit shaky. But once that once folks saw that mid-September speculation, he was cut. And I get it. I cut him in a 10-teamer you know, single season here. Um, it's our keeper league that we put on pause and just decided to run a this year only. I cut him and moved on because I have Albies and uh, Mustakas on on the IL. So I, f- I felt like, hey, 
what what am I going to do holding uh, holding Bichette here? So again, some people have already replaced Bichette, but let's talk about some guys who could reasonably do that. Let's include Isaac Paredes from the Tigers because uh, he is a middle infielder. You mentioned Luis Garcia. There's also J.P. Crawford, Willie Adamas, who are uh, available in shallower leagues. Let's start with Garcia. You you picked him up. He's a big-time Nats prospect, 20 years old. What is the reasonable expectation for what uh, what he can do? Starlin Castro went down, opening the door for Garcia. Do you see high impact here the rest of the way? I mean, it seems like they like him. He's already played in three games. I know he's 20 years old, but... Uh, I mean, he can pretty much, I think, replace what Castro was going to deliver, which is uh, some pop, some average, uh, and I think decent enough defense that, you know, they're not going to have to worry about, uh, you know, a huge negative in that department, which is like something that Carter Keeboom can't deliver. So uh, I like Garcia. I was actually really surprised to get him as cheaply as I did in a lot of places. 37 bucks. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um Nice little keen pickup there, man. I like yeah, that. Yeah, thirty-seven bucks and no backup bid in the main. Like, I I was surprised. That's nuts, dude. Like n- nobody throws a little token out there. I mean, yeah. you threw the token out. That's what and I you thought. Got it. Yeah. Somebody else could have thrown a little something. You know, he he, he didn't exactly tear the cover off of Double uh, A last mm-hmm. year, um, but he spent the full season there. Only and he was struck 19. out sixty percent of the time. Yeah, nineteen-year-old hitting two fifty-seven, two eighty-three, thirty-seven, uh, with four homers, eleven stolen bases. They obviously believe that he's ready for the challenge, though, with with Starling Castro going down, that he can come up and play a lot. And it is Garcia, who so far looks like he's going to get the full-time burn mm-hmm. over somebody like Keeboom. Now, Keeboom's been playing as well, but uh, I'm just looking at roster resource right now. We don't have him in the line. We don't have Keeboom as a, as a full-time lineup guy right now. We have Garcia at second, as Drupal at third, although as Drupal's been playing DH in first. I wonder if Jason needs to update that a little bit because Kendrick's been a little bit nicked. Mm-hmm. So Kibum actually is playing every day. Between the two, if both had been on the IL, or excuse me, had been on the uh, waiver wire, Garcia and Kibum, who would you have gone for the rest of the year? I think Garcia. I just think the playing time is a bit safer uh, because the defense is better. Because of the Yep. Yeah, and so... I mean, I love Keeboom, and I think he's got ultimately the better fantasy upside. But he just hasn't been given the opportunities yet to play full time, uh, and they're, I think they're going to give that to Garcia. Uh, and please do not confuse this Luis Garcia with the other Luis Garcia over in Philadelphia. This Luis Garcia has zero speed. So if you're looking to replace <laughs> Bichette for the speed that you're going to lose, uh, this Luis Garcia is not the guy, and the other Luis Garcia is not coming up. Yes, uh, not confusing at all mm-hmm. uh, for guys for prospects to have the same name. Uh, super it's super easy. fun to try to figure out which one's which in the little search bar over yeah, on exactly. Fangraphs. Um, usually, when you have same name, you know, like Luis Castillo, pitcher, and then the 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 hitter from yesteryear, you can see it based on the year, mm-hmm. you know, the years that they played. But you got double Luis Garcias as prospects both with the, uh, you know, as recently as 2020 is their most recent year. So that's not confusing at all. Oh, and there's um, another Luis Garcia as a pitcher for the Cardinals. <laughs> at least you didn't pick up the wrong one in the main. Yes. Well, I mean, thankfully, you know, NFBC doesn't let you pick up rookies who have never played. That's true. So that they, they protect you from yourself mm-hmm. there. Because, yeah, that, I'm that... sure that would have happened. I'm sure it did happen to somebody like in a fan tracks or a Yahoo League. 
next. I would, I would, I would almost feel a little bit bad, but do your due diligence and pay attention. How about that? Uh, Isaac Paredes, like I said, the the third Tiger prospect coming up. Not quite as much fanfare as the as the two pitchers, but still somebody who, uh, you know, just outside our top 100, he was 124th. He's got a solid hit tool coming up. He really did well at Double A last year. Um, in the full season, basically had a one-to-one strikeout to walk, 11% Ks, 10% walks, 282, 368, 416, 13 homers, five steals, but in eight tries. So, yeah, and the Tigers don't run a ton, so I wouldn't even put that on 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 the map as something that you should really expect. Debuted on Monday night, went one for four with the with two ribbies, so he's already on the board. Uh, that's nice there. How do you feel about Paredes, and then compare him to Garcia as far as a pickup? Uh, I think he is a very, very similar player. Uh, maybe a little bit more advanced of a hit tool and a little bit less kind of raw power. Mm. So I like Paredes and I think he, I think like, uh, Garcia was overshadowed by bomb in this fab, uh, run. I think Paredes will obviously be overshadowed by the pitchers on his own team. Uh, and I think he's one of those guys that could hit, I don't know, three or four home runs the rest of the way, deliver a decent average, uh, is eligible at third and short in a lot of different leagues. So mm-hmm. uh, Paredes is a guy I think that is interesting, especially in like your deeper mixed leagues. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think they're going to play him too. And mm-hmm. that's the important part that we're talking about with both Garcia and Paredes is that they're going to get the playing time here. These teams are calling them up to play them. And so um, I, I'm eager to see if Paredes gets full burn. You know, he started against a lefty. Is he going to get that regular time? Um, especially if Nico Goodrum needs to miss more time. He was He's day-to-day right now. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and you mentioned that, that Paredes can play other spots. Candelario can go over to first to open up third for Paredes. But Willie Castro is also up too. So keep an eye on on how often he plays, especially if you are in an NFBC-style league where you can't bid on Paredes until later this week. Now let's talk about two guys who are more widely available in shallower formats. J.P. Crawford, he's at 40% at ESPN leagues. And Willie Adamas at just 15% at ESPN leagues. So even they have a bit of a disparity in how available they are. Crawford, uh, one-time big prospect, who was one of those guys that you had to be careful with from a fantasy perspective, though, because a lot of his uh, prospect value was tied to the fact that he was a quality shortstop. He wasn't, you know, Andrelton Simmons type defense, but but there was definitely some of his his glove was definitely doing some of the heavy lifting on why he was a uh, consistent top 20 type prospect. And we had him 29th. Uh, at last check back in 2018, the last time he was on a list. Um, and that's with a 50, 55 field and 60 throw. And he, he's kind of meandered uh, along so far as a major leaguer um, and got off to a decent start this year, but he's come back to earth. 256, or excuse me, 253, 356, 310. So the pop hasn't been there, but look at that 103-point split between his average and on base right now. He's striking out just 16%. That's a career best, and walking 13% of the time. Uh, So he scored 15 runs, which is pretty good considering that the the Mariners aren't all that great. So J.P. Crawford scoring runs, but there hasn't been a whole lot else to go with it outside of uh, three, three stolen bases. Then you have Adamas who, you know, I actually quite liked this year, but shortstop was so deep that I found myself not really winding up with him that much just because by the time I got to him, 
I already had like two or three shortstops on my team playing shortstop, middle, second base, or utility, and and he was still available. You know, it, it, it's it's crazy um, how how deep this position was. He's tearing the cover off the ball. 284, 377, 522 with two homers and a steal. Between Crawford and Adamas, who do you like more as a pickup if you're replacing Bichette with one of them? Uh, it's Crawford. Or, sorry, <laughs> it's Adamas. It's not close. Okay. I don't know. I, so uh, what, what, what's the disparity there with the uh, roster rate then? 40% for Crawford, 4, uh, 15% for Adamas. That, that's peculiar to me because I agree with you. I'm taking Adamas all the way. Uh, my guess is it's the early speed. So, yep, I mean, he's still on over from yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, he stole a few bases really, really quickly. And people are like, here's the breakout. It's coming. Former top prospect stealing bases. Uh, but yeah, give me the guy who's going to play every day on the better team, has power and speed. I mean, the strikeout rate is concerning. Uh, and I'm sure it's concerning to the Rays too, but I, I don't think that they're going to sit him ever, really. I think he's one of the few guys on this team that is going to play every day so in spite of his strikeout rate. Uh, but yeah, g- yeah, give me Adamas. Yeah, again, I, I agree with you, and I, I don't even think it's all that close right now. Um, you know, Seattle is running, and so there's probably a reasonable expectation that, that Crawford can continue to run, especially with that great OBP. I, you know, I want to give him credit for some of the stuff that he is doing with taking all those walks and not striking out as much, but there's been no power in the bat. Um, their 22 stolen bases are second to just the Padres in the league right now. So uh, Crawford will get his opportunities to run. So I guess you can do team need um, if, if you're looking to replace Bobachet's speed versus his overall hitting. Um, you can make your decision that way. But if it's just in a vacuum and you're just going for the best player, for me, it's got to be a Thomas who uh, is hitting quite well. And I think he'll continue to do so. I think his roster rate will be where Crawford's is by the end of the week in ESPN leagues if people are paying attention. Next up, uh, Kirby Yates, likely to have season-ending uh, surgery. That's not great. Uh, you know, that this kind of came out of nowhere, too. All of a sudden, remember he had that uh, body soreness issue where uh, Pomerantz got a save? And then the next time out, there was bone chips in the back of his elbow. And all of a sudden now, we're hearing end of, end of season, uh, season-ending surgery on, on said elbow. Now, I will say this. From the standpoint of the Padres having a closer, they're not going to miss a beat. You can make a case that Drew Pomerantz is better, uh, but he's at worst just as good. Um, he really broke out last year when he when he finally hit the bullpen and, and just dove in with Milwaukee. And our boy Eno was all over that as, look at this transition here. Um, Pomerantz is a G. He's going to get paid in the offseason, and Eno was dead on with that. And so, yeah, they're not going to miss a beat as far as that goes. It does cut a leg out from under their depth, but they still have Pomerantz, Pagan, uh, and I know Pagan's actually struggled a bit. So it'd be more of like um, Pomerantz and um, I don't know, really, actually. I'm looking at, I, I guess, Strom is their, is their next best reliever so far, but he's another lefty. Stammen, Pagan, and... Um, Patino all have pretty ugly ERAs, so I don't know who the who their go-to righty is. But at least as far as having a closer to turn to in the ninth, they're not going to miss a beat. Here's the thing: I think Pomeranz is all but picked up everywhere, so there's yeah. not really any any potential there to get him. But how do you feel about Yates uh, being down for the season and Pomeranz filling in? And then we'll talk about some potential replacements for 
Yates. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bummer that Yates is likely done for the year. I mean, it, it's nice to know that it's just bone spurs, so he should be back for next season. I'll be yeah, interested this to see be something that carries too far. Yeah, I'd be interested to see like what uh, that situation turns into between them for for that closing role. Will they put Bomber ends back into a fireman role and and give Yates back the job or? Uh, will Pomerant just kind of grab and run it uh, with it for kind of Dynasty and Keeper Leagues? Uh, I think he will. I think he will, too. Um, you know, Yates going to be 34 next year. Um, he's actually, oh, he's going into free agency. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. So, yeah, that's a GG right there. And like I said, they paid they paid Pomerantz, So mm-hmm. and, and they paid him enough that, hey. Yeah, he's probably you know, the guy. Well, Let's 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 see how you do as our closer. Now he's going to be 32 next year, um, and he's got a deal until 23, making let's see, uh, eight. He made six. He's making six this year, prorated of course. Then eight, ten, and ten. So if he continues to pitch like this, he's going to be one of the most uh, uh, affordable closers out there, and and that's going to be interesting to see. So, okay. He missed out on that, let's say, because Pomeranz was actually one of those middle relievers that was getting held in a lot of leagues just due to his ratios and and strikeouts and the fact that he was stealing a save here and there already. So people were already speculating on him. Hopefully, if you're a Yates, uh, if you have Yates on your squad, hopefully you were one of those speculating. But let's say you weren't. Um, you got Rowan Wick at a 21% rate in ESPN League. So I'm talking shower. In, in, uh, in deeper leagues, you know, uh, Rotowire Online Championship main event, you have to spec on some sort of middle reliever. Uh, but there are some closers available in shallower formats here. ESPN caters to the 10 team variety. So you're talking about Rowan Wick, uh, Anthony Bass. Um, I guess those, you know, Trevor got, but I mean, we're going to talk about how he got absolutely brutalized, not once, not twice, <laughs> but his last three times out. Holy hell, it was awful. I guess Brandon Kinsler's the guy in uh, in Miami. He's got three saves here as well. So how about just between those three? Kinsler, Wick, and Bass, you're trying to replace Yates in a shallower league. Who are you going for? Oh, uh, if Kinsler's available, I'm taking Kinsler. Okay. He's Talk got... to me about uh, Brandon Kinsler out there. I mean, he's not anything special, uh, but he's... Uh... Rude? I think you're special, Brandon. Thank you for listening. I know you've been a long-time listener, but I love you, dog. Uh, he's pitching well, and he has zero competition for that job. He's healthy, uh, and so like that's I think that's the guy rest of the way, and I feel pretty confident, unless he gets hurt, that, that, that he, he's got that role. Or I guess he could technically get traded at the deadline, but... Uh, but they're hanging in there, man. Exactly, and so... Uh, and I, you know, I mean, we're what a few, well, I guess we're a little bit more what today's the 18th. So just under, oh, just under two weeks away from, yeah. from the but I haven't heard a lot of trade talk yet. No, because who, you know, it's so um, quiet right now. Cause everybody's still technically in it. Exactly. It's like, I think people are maybe only calling the pirates and, mm-hmm. and the Red Sox and the Giants. But who the hell do you want from the Red Sox? Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, th- th- there's there's certainly a few teams. I'd say Pirates, Red Sox, Mariners, Giants, Royals, um, by record. Uh, and in there are other teams by record too. You know, like 
the Angels, but but they they still want to have like they they want to try to get one hot week to turn their turn their fate. You know, they go mm-hmm. on like a five six game winning streak. They would fancy themselves back in it, even though they just don't have enough pitching. Uh, the Mets are probably out of it too, but they're ten and fourteen. So again, they're one hot week away from from flipping the script there. So there aren't that many teams, and I agree with you. I haven't heard a peep. I think it's going to be small. Uh, teams are going to uh, make their pitch. decision two days before. Yeah, and it's going to be like small bullpen pieces and mediocre bench, you know, partial starting type bats. Um, I don't really think we're going to see Johnny Cueto is the big piece that gets him. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's got a big name, but obviously the performance isn't necessarily there. So Hey, hey, so you're he was great with... in his last start. I, I, I'm always rooting. I'm always rooting for Cueto, but I also understand that uh, – He's nowhere near his peak anymore. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say Wick, though. Is it because you don't think he has a firm hold on that job in Chicago? I think it's a straight committee. I mean, yeah, between him and Jeffress. Yeah, and Kimbrel's pitching well too right now, and like could get jumped back into it because he's being paid so much money. So I just think it's they, yeah. Uh, I I'm just sure they want him to get uh, get the job back. Sorry about that. I think I think they want him to earn it back, mm-hmm. but they know that. He has to show more than just a couple good eyes, which his last two outings have been great. Mm-hmm. No hits in either of them, four strikeouts and just one walk in two clean outings against Milwaukee this past weekend for uh, for Kimbrell. Yeah, I just think, I mean, and don't get me wrong, the Cubs have been playing really, really well. Uh, <laughs> and so him. there might be a number of save opportunities for those guys, but I just think it's going to get spread out. And I think they have a few, quite a few double headers because of the Cardinals uh, stuff. Uh, down the stretch too, so you got to remember those those games will get split if there's saves in each one of you know each one of the double headers. So I just think it's going to be uh, uh, I think it's going to be complicated in Chicago. Uh, That's fair. That's it, fair. So you're going for the guy, mm-hmm. uh, even on a lesser team. Yeah. Um, and I I can get I can get behind that, especially in a shower format. You just want to collect the saves. And uh, and you can adjust from there if something else develops. So that's how you're replacing Kirby Yates in a shower league with Brandon Kinsler. Staying in San Diego, they've got other bad news with another season ender. Uh, Tommy Pham looks like he's going to be toast with the uh, with the the fractured hamate bone, and um, he's going to have to get that surgery there. It's going to require several re- several weeks of rest and rehab, and just because of the the shortened season here. That's pretty much it for him. Um, I, I can't imagine that he would return for much more than maybe like the last week, if at all. Uh, maybe for their purposes, he could be back for the playoffs, but that's about it. This is something that usually takes, what is it, like six to eight. So um, Yeah, usually it's not four good. to now, six, but then rehab. Four to six, yeah. okay. But um, I will say, you know, one thing that whenever this happens, the fractured anime bone, we say, oh, watch out, their power is going to get murked. The tide has turned a bit on that. It's not a guaranteed power sapper. Um, and I do wonder that if he doesn't play the rest of the year, um, he has all the time to rehab this mm-hmm. offseason. His price would be I depressed would, coming into yeah, next season. I wouldn't necessarily take him down a bunch and say that his power won't be there next year once he has all that time to rehab. Uh, because, again, it's it's not a guarantee. It's kind of a case by case as opposed it used to kind of be like yo this is a power sapper you're going to need to downgrade this guy i don't know but this is a real bummer man because health has eluded fam 
you know, basically throughout his career. It's, it's part of what kept him down in the minors so long. Obviously, the eye, the degenerative eye issue was always an issue. Uh, it was always a problem. And now he's starting to pile up other injuries. He was leading baseball with six steals. Uh, and he, he also had, had a couple four in like a game or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been he's been killing it to that end. But it was only hitting 207, 316, 293. So he's an outright cut, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't hold on to him. Chances are he will, if he's back, it's just for the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what that's what they're hoping for. Um, dang. I guess people are going to have to replace that speed, though, because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you could say that he got it all in one game or whatever, but the six deals was still massive. It's for huge. Them. I mean, and, at least uh, you got your money's worth. Like, that's... That's true. I mean... You did. You got two homers and six deals. Like he only had two oh seven, but you you got a pretty decent return, insofar as you only got especially three weeks out of him. That's more steals than some teams have. I know it's nuts, dude. It's uh, I mean, you you got you got a fair amount of speed at least. The hard part is replacing that. I mean, Andres Jimenez is that's a good call out. He, he's, he's available in shell. Yeah, I I'm so bummed. I missed out on him in the main event. I put like a eighty five dollar, eighty seven dollar bid. And he went for ninety three. Um, so that You're that so close. Yeah, that one was brutal. That's I think how I ended up with Luis Garcia. Uh, I mean, let's see other guys. Um, I can't Just imagine replace... Dylan Moore is still available in very no, not many in any league. Paying attention. Um, if you're just trying to replace the speed, John Birdie, mm-hmm. he's at 16% in ESPN leagues. Wow. Uh, Victor Reyes is 5% and, and he has four steals. You know, our boy, Nick Solak has three steals. Yeah. And, uh, he is Two of just them came at in a game. 27. He's just at 27% in ESPN leagues. So, and he has outfield eligibility now. Austin um, Slater. Now, he's dealing with a little bit of a injury right now, and so you yep. want to kind of keep that in mind. But he has uh, three home runs, five steals, hitting five steals. 317 right now. He, he's been he's And been playing every day when he's, on the, when he's healthy. He might even be a better Dylan Moore right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at him, Dylan Moore, and Slater, Dylan Moore, and Robbie Grossman, and they're all kind of the same power-speed combos playing their asses off right now. Um, so yeah, I like that. That's a good call out there too. So there, there's options out there in in shallower leagues. Victor Reyes. In the deeper, in the deeper format, yeah, I mentioned I mentioned him. He's only five percent, and he does run. So you should be able to replace the speed. And you know, he was only hitting two oh seven with two homers, so it shouldn't necessarily you're not necessarily missing too much uh, from that. And now the expectations were higher, but you're not having to replace um, you know something something crazy as far as like shall or deeper formats. Maybe like a Manuel Margot, um, who's I don't see I don't think he's playing all the time though, and I don't know you know he's the right hander. We know what Tampa Bay does, but he has been crushing it. Tim Lopes, another mm-hmm. Seattle guy who's stealing. Like again, they're running wild out there. San Diego and Seattle, uh, and the Rangers are the three teams that have just been running wild. So there's options out there. Um, like you yeah, said, you, you, know, you six- know Seattle's running wild when Kyle Seeger has three stolen bases, dude. He has two combo meals, including last night. Mm-hmm. And he's it's in three ten right now. Who is this? Yeah, he's crushing. He's crushing. Is dude. Corey like doing double duty or something like that? Nah, the, the Seegers are out here in these streets, man. They've both been fantastic. But yeah, so replacing Tommy Fan will not be 
an overwhelming challenge in any format, I don't think, particularly because outside of those six steals, he wasn't doing a ton for you. Uh, staying once again with, with San Diego, Adrian Morion is going to start Tuesday. He's one of their big pitching prospects here. What kind of uh, expectations do you have from Morion? He'd been kind of uh, uh, looking like a bullpen piece, but they're going to give him the start and not Patino. Are you surprised by that aspect at all? Uh, not super surprised. I, I think Patino is, uh, I mean, he's still really young in raw and I think they just, they're going to keep him kind of in a bullpen role, kind of get him used to the majors, but not, uh, not overexpose him yet. Uh, more on, the surprising thing to me is why isn't Mackenzie Gore coming up and making the start? Like where's, yeah, where's Gore at this point? It's, I mean, all hands on deck, right? This is a team that is trying to compete this year, and a lot of pressure inside of that uh, um, inside of that front office to uh, to do something right now. And why isn't he? <laughs> why isn't he in this rotation if there's a spot right now? Uh, I, I don't really understand it. Uh, there's got to be something going on with Gore. I, I don't know what it is necessarily whether we haven't heard a peep yeah about about him coming up yeah i mean there's nary a peep and i mean i i i have him everywhere like everywhere um one of my main events teams has been holding on uh to him and like i i don't understand it so uh more on you know he i think he's one of those guys that uh could be interesting longer term. I don't think I would necessarily start him against the Rangers here uh, today. Uh, so, and probably by the time people listen to this, uh, it'll be too late to pick him up anyways. But, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I doubt he goes very deep in the game either. Yeah, I think that's true. He's 21 years old. Uh, Morion is a uh, left-hander. Uh, you know, decent prospect was number six on their on their in their system. Didn't make our top 100, but uh, has fastball, curveball, splitter, all looking like uh, above average pitches. Hasn't had a huge uh, walk rate. Has had solid strikeout rates coming up. Basically skipping AAA after spending last year at AA. Now only had uh, 36 innings at AA last year and spent some time in the majors, only pitched eight innings, but I think spent a lot of time kind of just lingering around. He had to have had an injury in there somewhere, though, right? Yeah, 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 he did. 42 total innings. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. He's not going to go that that deep anyway. So, yeah, I I don't think you need to pick him up that go crazy right now. If it is a good start and they start to, uh, you know, move forward with him in the rotation, then you can look at Morion. In fact, actually, I'm seeing this right now on Rotowire. That they have Morion listed, and then Luis Patino as the primary. Oh, these two. interesting. That, that's interesting. Now I did not, um, I did not see that in the in the news bit for Morion starts. I so, hadn't either. Um, but they have it. So on the Rotowire um, starting pitcher sheet. Ah, no, it, I do see it in the in the other news. Like the first news didn't have it. The next news bit does have that he's slated to piggyback with Patino. Okay, so that's interesting. So he's only going to get probably two to three innings and then maybe uh, two to four for Patino, depending on how he performs. Yo, if Patino is in a middle role with a, with an opener, 
he becomes a lot more interesting. Yeah. Because he can scoop dubs by mm-hmm. pitching without pitching a ton. So yeah, I especially definitely with, like that. Especially with that offense, Tatis so good. Yep. So good. Oh my god, he's amazing. He's amazing. So there's all the news there for the Padres. Um, Oscar Mercado option down and whew, be a call for everybody. I'm that's that's on me, man. I thought this guy was going to be somebody that you wanted. Power speed combo. And he's been a disaster. 111, 167, 111 is his slash line. No homers, three ribs, one steal, three runs scored. I mean, just a nightmare uh, of a start for him. They had to send him down because mm-hmm. they couldn't keep playing him. Let him get his head right, figure some things out. I mean, I think even his biggest detractors couldn't have gone this far, thinking that he would be just nothing. So I don't know what's going on. It's been absolutely brutal, though. And, uh, yeah, I took, a, I took a hit here because I had Mercado mm-hmm. in a few leagues. And, um, you know, this, this is nothing. So I, I'm more curious, I guess, at your future outlook on Mercado now. In a dynasty situation, is this somebody you'd go buy cheap on? Because i got to imagine his price would tank. Yeah, I think I might. Uh, one, I mean, that outfield situation in Cleveland is an absolute nightmare. It's still lame, yeah. Yeah, so... I think he will get another shot, and I think that'll happen this year. Uh, maybe it is just a situation where he, you know, goes down, gets his head right, works on some things, has some individualized attention with the, with the coaching staff at the uh, uh, the training site, uh, and then comes back uh, because th- there's nobody in this outfield that is doing anything really at this point. So. Uh, that being said, I mean, he's obviously, you obviously drop him in, in virtually every format and just kind of keep an eye, uh, you know, if they have an injury, uh, or in 10 days, they want to bring him back up. He he likely, my guess is he can be back up in 10 days. I could, I could see it pretty quickly. I think, I think he maybe gets closer to two weeks. Um, it depends though, like what they have him going down to do to figure some things out. Cause this is unlike him striking out 29% for Mercado. Like again, just meltdown city in these 48 plate appearances. Um, I'm not out on him for the, for the future, but it definitely has to be a cut right now in, in all formats. I will say the dentist is off to a good start. He is hitting 333, uh, six for 18 with, with four walks and four strikeouts. He's 0 for 1 on the bases. I do not find him to be a substantial threat. I will say, though, even if the dentist does hit well, as you mentioned, nobody else in this outfield is doing anything else. In fact, this offense is so dreadful. It's Jose Ramirez and a bunch of clowns, and that includes Francisco Lindor and his 703 OPS. They don't have anything going offensively outside of Ramirez. Um, so, and and uh, Fran Reyes, excuse me, he's been absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. But outside of those two, Nobody else has higher than a 93 OPS plus. So there will be outfield spots. So if there are check marks that uh, checkpoints that Mercado has to hit to get his job back, once he hits those, I doubt anybody's blocking him. So I, I think you have a good call there that this could be short-lived. If he comes back, maybe I'm not rushing to get him instantly in mixed leagues, kind of see what happens. But don't be surprised if he bounces back and has a decent uh, you know, September. And, and kind of figure some things out because this is not him. Twenty nine percent strikeout. Um, this one eleven average. 
we've never seen anything this poor. And I think it's just a, a devastatingly bad cold streak that he needs to get figured out. So that's Oscar Mercado there. Uh, the Yankees trying to show if they can uh, be one of the best teams in the league by getting devastated by injuries again this year. <laughs> Talked about Stanton last time out. Now Aaron Judge and DJ LeMahieu both hit the IL. Does this mean that Talkman will finally start playing or no? I mean, I think he's going to be the strong side platoon. But, you know, the fact that Stanton's down, Judge is down, and now LeMahieu's down, they've re-brought back Miguel Andujar, and Miguel Andujar can mm-hmm. be the, you know, short side DH platoon. So you, you put Clint Frazier out in the right. Uh, you sit Talkman again. Put Clint Frazier at DH, Talkman in the outfield. I no, but I mean, when, you know, when they're trying to platoon, they can put, you know, Andujar being the righty in at DH and move Frazier into the outfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't I think Talkman is the strong side platoon guy right now, but I don't think he's like full run. Gosh. I think we'll have we'll have more information today because they're going up against Snell. So if Talkman's in the lineup today, that's a good sign. Well, he, they had a lefty yesterday and he wasn't. So they yeah. get back to back lefties. Does he get either start? Yeah, that's exactly. a good call out. Keep an eye out on that. As far as LeMahieu goes, Tyler Wade replaces him. And the one place that they don't really have depth is at the middle infield. Um, it, because they don't trust Andahar at third, or else they could put Urshela there. They could put Urshela at second and Andahar at third. But again, they don't trust him, nor should they, by the way. This is not me suggesting that they should. LeMahieu has a sprained thumb, uh, strained calf for Judge. If LeMahieu had a, if it looked like it wasn't going to be, you know, a return until late September, do you think they'd make a trade for a second baseman? He's going to be out two to three weeks right now. But if it's, if it's, if it's longer than that, you think they would make a move to get somebody? I think they would. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously it'll be like one of those game time decisions, but mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't Robinson Cano look good in a Yankee uniform? I can't picture it, but mm. if somebody could do like a mock-up, yeah, yeah, maybe I could get a visual. Like right now, I can't picture it, but it I'm is I'm pretty good thought. with Photoshop. Uh, I think you can do something yeah. because uh, I'm not getting there mentally, but I like I kind of like where you're going with it, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm just not fully there. So if you can get like a picture or something, and I know he's. You owed a lot of money, but the fact that they wouldn't have to pay for a plane ticket, that that would solve everything, right? Yes, the savings <laughs> on the plane ticket would be the deciding factor there. They can go pick him up. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, how much would I can't even remember how much like Seattle's paying on that on that uh, Cano deal, but he signed through 2023. Jesus, oh my goodness! I mean, hey, he's raking. He is like he hit two home runs thing, yesterday. Like, you know, at some point, the fact that he continues to hit pretty well, like he's never last year was a rough year. Um, and you can put some injury uh, damper on that, that he because he only had a 96 OPS plus. So he's, he's below average there. But other than that, you know, he'd been hitting remarkably well, like and now he's out of his mind so far this year. Does that mean that the deal actually isn't terrible. I mean, it, it, the, your point is that he has three more years, and that's the that's the yeah. Killer. And he's already fifty five. Thirty seven. Thirty seven, dude. Oh, sorry, I'm bad with math. 
So, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's supposed to be two to three weeks for LeMahieu, uh, and we'll kind of figure it out from there. Two closer situations uh, right now. One that's going to be open, the other that's that's kind of lingering. Our boy Daniel Hudson's blown two of his last four. Now, in the middle of those two uh, was two saves. So it's not like he's he's Trevor Gotting the situation up. But Trevor Gott also, my God. On the one hand, you're like, hey, Gabe Kapler, you respect the loyalty there. You're trying to stick with your guy. But holy hell, dude, the third time, <laughs> the third time, how's he get called back out for the third time, Justin? Uh, I I don't know. I really, really don't know. I mean, uh, we were kind of just talking about the game as it was going on in uh, in the Friends Fantasy Benefits staff chat and Walter McMichael, who spent a lot of money on Trevor Gott. In I think it, our uh, friends fancy benefits MEQ um, was all like, all right, Trevor Gott's gonna come in and just destroy my ratios once again, and like like two minutes later, it just happened. <laughs> so in his first six outings, he had four saves and a win and a hold. If you if you really count that, like he was mm-hmm. it, like if you had a save holds Lee, he was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Again, four saves, a hold, and a win. A 150 ERA. In his last three outings, he has a 74.25 ERA, allowing 11 runs and nine base runners in an inning and a third, including five home runs. Mm-hmm. And most ate the two over the weekend. You might have gotten out from under it yesterday. You might have just said, yeah, okay, I got you ate Trevor the other ones, out yeah. now. But holy hell. I mean, he, you know, with that many saves, looking like he had the job, he was in the lineup for a ton of people. And that's devastation there to get nine earned in an inning. And, you know, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but that's the kind of stuff that can take you out of an overall competition in this short of a season. Mm-hmm. And that's that's truly brutal. So um, I guess the question is, he can't go to him a fourth time, right? So who's... Who's the pickup in San Francisco? Um, Sergio Romo, Brian Wilson. I, I, didn't have, I, I wish. Romo yeah. is still pitching, though, so the joke doesn't really work there. My bad. Yeah, no. But uh, I should have just said Brian Wilson. But uh, is it Watson, Tyler Rogers, Sam Selman? I think it's Watson. I mean, that's who they went to in the eighth. Yes. So, yeah, I, I would. And, I mean, he had a clean inning. So. I think I, there's been some some concerns with him uh, and his velocity uh, in San Francisco. Watson. Yeah, so yeah. I think the ultimate answer is he probably... <laughs> there's a difference between like who you think should be it and who you think it will be. I think Correct. it should be Sean Anderson. I okay. think he will go to Tyler Rogers, And he loves Tyler Rogers. Exactly, and, and like... And like, there's no rhyme or reason to why he should go to uh, go to Tyler Rogers, but he will. So if you're looking for the save, Rogers is probably the guy. Whereas I think Sean Anderson is the better reliever and should be the guy. I will say this: after getting blasted in two of his first five outings, four earned and five earned in those two, Rogers had a pretty good August. 225 ERA in eight innings uh, with nine strikeouts and no walks. So 
But the one outing that he did have was a blown save loss where he gave up two. It's it just a, it seems when Rodgers is off, it's it's multiple runs. He's given up runs in three outings and it's been five, four, and two. So it's been really tough. All right, um, we got a bit of a hard out here coming up, but I I want to talk a little bit more about Daniel Hudson. Like I said, two of his last four have been rough, but the two in between that have been perfect saves where he he threw an inning, no base runners, had two strikeouts in each of those. So not worried. Okay, my concern level is pretty low. If you're desperate for safe, say you have Yates, would you spec on Tanner Rainey? No, I would spec on Will Harris. Who pitched, uh, as the next who, guy up. Yeah, okay. who pitched the eighth inning, has the experience doing it. Like that, I think, is the next guy up. Okay, okay. But but we're not really worried about Hudson. I'm not. Hudson's our boy, too. We, we'll put out that yep. we are biased toward him. But I don't think that we're you know giving bad information based on bias when we see – Two of the four have been excellent, and it's just two bad outings. Like he's allowed to have a couple bad. Those are his only two rough outings of the year. He has um, a third. Then, then we start getting worried. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's within the next two or three outings, then the panic meter really amps up. But for right now, I think he has enough leech, especially with Doolittle on the IL. Um, but I agree with you. That's a good call on Will Harris. Tanner Rainey has pitched well, but I do think Harris would get it, and I do think they like to have Rainey as the fireman. So um, there you go. There's a bunch of news and notes right now. Some good, some bad. A lot of prospects to be watching. I'm eager to talk Thursday to see how my Tigers have done, man. But uh, hope you have a good one. If you're listening to this before 6 o'clock Central, sign up for our DraftKings. What did you do, mm-hmm. 50 people today? Yeah, 50 people. We filled it last time. So uh, go over to Fangraphs, uh, the Daily Overlay uh, article. The link is in there. Or just catch us on Twitter. Boom. Thanks, Justin. Take care. Take it easy.